fixing Christianity, one dose at a time. Cue the intro. Welcome everyone to Christian Capsules Podcast. This is the Thanksgiving debut. I'm your host, Jermaine Farrell. And for a quick bio on me, I am a Christian ministry and apologetics alum from Liberty University's Rawling School of Divinity. I was a youth leader for nearly six years, and I'm also a Stephen minister. For those who don't know what a Stephen minister is, um, a Stephen minister is a person who is trained to provide one-to-one spiritual and emotional care to other Christians who are experiencing a difficult time in life. And that could be such as grief, divorce, job loss, chronic or terminal illness, or like relocation. So let me real quick outline the goal of this podcast, what we hope to accomplish with this uh, with this podcast. The way Christian Capsules is designed to work is this. Each, caps, each episode is called a capsule, and that resembles kind of like a pill capsule that you would take. Each capsule contains a dose of Christian wisdom, often correcting um, American Christian missteps, bad teachings, wrong interpretations, or Christian stagnation, or anything else in that spectrum. These doses over a period of time will change the way you view Christians if you're not one, or reshape your knowledge and behavior as a Christian if you are one. There is nothing really sinister here. It's just my, it's not my intention to bash any group or individuals. It's just my attempt to uh, course correct bad Christianity that has tarnished the Christian name. Now, before we get started, um, there are ways for you to interact or get in contact with me, right? So the first thing is you can contact me at my email address, which is christiancapsules at gmail.com. Also, you can visit our website, which is christiancapsules.buzzsprout.com. And then lastly, we have, uh, if you want to subscribe and um, support the channel, you can also um, go over for premium content over at our Patreon. So the address for the Patreon is patreon.com slash christiancapsules. And over there, we're going to have bonus uh, content, uh, episodes, and things like that. Some bonus stuff over there. Premium content if you subscribe over there. All right, now with that out of the way, we can get into the heart of the matter. This week's dose focuses on uh, Thanksgiving. The Lord has put it on my heart to talk about the current state of American Christians and Thanksgiving. And it's not good. You don't have to go far to see it. You just have to check your local social media. Or listen to people at work talk. Or listen to family members. The sentiment is all the same. What should be a concentrated time of thanks and praise is instead a mood of sour faces and many complaints. No one is content. You've probably heard it and read it. This time of year, I hate it. I can't stand the holidays. This season sucks. I'm just not into it. I have to go to so-and-so's house. Shopping sucks. Traffic is this and that and the other thing. The checkout lines are crappy. You know, the whole nine yards. And this happens to quite a bit of us. And believe me, I've been there myself. 
The celebration of Thanksgiving in the United States has been going on since 1621, but it seems these days the lack of American Christian contentment and gratefulness to God is disturbing. Let me repeat that. Thanksgiving in America has been going on since 1621, but it seems these days the lack of American Christian contentment and gratefulness to God is disturbing. With the whole unbelieving world watching, it is no wonder the world lacks the motivation to turn to God. They see us as a supposedly spiritual people, us, I mean Christians, but we still act like them, unbelievers. And the world has a point. They, they may have a very good point. If a Christian life resembles an unbeliever's life, then what's the point? Why should they turn to Christ? If we're just being just like them, there's no upside. But our life shouldn't look, resemble theirs. It shouldn't look like them. Our life should be different from theirs. It should show a rebirth, or more importantly, like a heart transplant. Spiritual beings that have reestablished a relationship with a loving and holy God. Thanksgiving should be an extra concentrated time of gratefulness, thanks, and praise for the many blessings God has stored upon us. And as American Christians, we have many, many reasons to be thankful to God. I mean, let's think about it for a second. Most American Christians look rich compared to some third world nations. I mean, <clears throat> we're not living in villages with mud or grass huts or overcrowded shanty towns. We're not walking several miles every day to fetch water and jugs to bathe and to cook with. We don't have eight or nine people living in one room. We bathe more than once or twice a month. We also have cars, homes, homes for our cars. We have jobs, local stores to buy food, running water. We get paid them more than a few dollars a month. The list goes on and on. We have a considerable number of things that we are blessed with. When viewed from God's eyes, our complaining seems childish at best. Let's face it, long lines at the checkout, traffic congestion, gift buying confusion, recipe indecisiveness, or season blues seem trivial compared to the blessings we have, re we have and receive daily, and especially compared to someone much less fortunate than you. I think it boils down to this. When we take our eyes off in Jesus, it is easy to have no focus on our circumstances. I mean, when we do this, it produces a labyrinth of despair. And during that time, we begin to complain. And not just complain, but we whine and groan for what's happening to us and around us. Let me say this again. When we take our eyes off in Jesus, we shift our focus toward our circumstances, and then we are not able to be content, and we are not able to thank the Lord for anything. I mean, remember Peter when Jesus was walking on the water? The, I'm going to read the verse here. This comes from Matthew 14, verses 28 to 30. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And then he cried out to the Lord, saying, Save me. 
Here with this example, Peter shows us clearly what happens when you take your eye off of Jesus. I mean, Peter was walking on the water. He was coming toward Jesus. He was looking at Jesus, focused on him, and he was able to walk on water. Then, just a little turbulence came, and Peter began to be focused on the turbulence, lost focus and concentration, and then began to sink. And I think that's what happens to many of us Christians. Our circumstances around us become um, inflamed. We take our eyes off into Jesus. And the next thing you know, we're beginning to sink in our own uh, mire, so to speak. Now, let's talk about some examples of people who have bad circumstances, and yet, despite their bad circumstances, they're still able to sing praises and give thanks to God, even though their environment around them or their circumstances are bad. For instance, let's talk about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were, beating, were beaten with rods and thrown into a prison. And despite uh, probably experiencing an enormous amount of pain and being locked up in jail, despite all that, I'm going to read you the verse of what they were doing instead. This comes from Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I'll repeat, I'll repeat that verse. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Okay, what about another one? Here's Daniel. And this comes from Daniel chapter 6. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. I'm just going to tell you a brief story of it. It was um, the, the king had made a statue. And there was an edict or a law that came out that said everybody has to worship the statue and the king and all this stuff. And if you didn't, you would get thrown into the lion's den. But it says in verse 10, what did Daniel do? It says, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now... Uh, in his roof chamber, he had the windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. So, what is he, what, what was he doing? It says, praying and giving thanks to God. How about another one? Jonah and the whale. This comes from chapter 2. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing again. I mean, go back and read it yourself. But long story short, Jonah gets thrown into the sea. And a fish, a large whale, comes up and swallows Jonah. What does Jonah do? He's swallowed up, but at the belly of the fish, he repents and thanks God. He thanks God. He's in the bottom of a whale. Not knowing whether he's going to live or die. Or thinking he probably is going to die. He repents and gives thanks to God in the midst of his circumstances. And then we all know what happens after that. But um, here's another one. What about Jesus? Passover time. And this comes from Luke chapter 22. On the evening of the Last Supper, Jesus said he had eagerly desired to eat this Passover with his apostles. Knowing he was about to be betrayed, arrested, mocked, beaten and crucified Jesus gives thanks and I can go on and on I think you get the point 
Even though bad circumstances may surround us during this time of year or at any point, we need to keep our eye focused on Christ. And when we do, we would no longer be blind to the reasons that we have to be thankful for. And thus praise will come no matter how dire our circumstances seem. So if work sucks, keep our eye on Jesus. And then we are then thankful that we even have a job. That means our needs are being met and that is reason enough to thank the Lord. If family is hard or impossible to deal with, remember, there are many across the world who have no family due to death or separation. Be thankful for what you do have for the family that you do have. So in conclusion, I just wanna I just wanna say this. When we are thankful for what God has done for us, like Job was when he was stricken for all the afflictions that he had. God giveth, God took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When we're thankful for what God has done for us, it is much easier to be content with the things that we do have. And therefore, our circumstances around us are not as gripping or as biting. And this is all can happen when we keep our eye focused on Christ and not on our circumstances around us. Like Psalm 105, 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And with, and with that, that brings the end to this Christian Capsule Debut Edition. Thank you all for listening. Jump over to the Patreon, subscribe, and we'll talk to you next time. I'm out.